السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته. Good evening, Khuyanand, Mulwani, and a hearty welcome to the Shahida Kali show. Of course, it's this time of the evening, and um, I'm introducing my program, which is two hours. And the second half is called VOC SOS Helpline with Shahida Kali. And in that part of the program, I will be responding to you as a registered clinical psychologist. In this part of the program, I'm to have a discussion with Amin Mohammed, and our focus, we have decided, will be on drugs and different aspects thereof. So we'll be doing this hopefully for a number of weeks, but we are kind of from week to week, we'll see where it goes because we also would like to focus on extraordinary people. I see Amin Mohammed as an extraordinary person. He is a person who has survived drugs. And, the you know, he brings to us the experience of years and years and years of having drugged and then the, the process of getting better, the process of reliving um, multiple relapses and the relationships and how the different relationships that he had had in his life, how those would have contributed to him and him becoming better. So, I mean, we'll tell part of his story as we go through the discussions. He will then reflect and relate his experiences um, and share it with us as well. So we are very grateful for that. In the absence of him, because, I, you know, he has been, he's on his way. And so we're waiting on, I mean, to arrive. And that is fine. There was an SMS that I received last night and we didn't have time to attend to it. So the SMS comes from cell phone number 7653, 7653. And it says, Assalamu alaikum. I'm a desperate mom in need of help for my child he has been caught on several occasions with Dacha he's been for counseling and still was caught again at school he's been suspended for six days and you know the lady of course is at her wits end in terms of what is going to be helpful now we'd like to discuss it even more when Amin arrives what the first the first thought that I had was to say it's a, a mother with courage who would have sent this SMS and I'd like for you to think of yourself as that and really to say, wow, mashallah, it's wonderful that you're caring and staying with this child, although it's been a very difficult time. The f- and I'd like to suggest, you know, mothers who are going through this type of difficulty and especially single moms, but moms who are, you know, with their husbands, but sometimes moms can feel that they're walking this road alone with their child is to get help for yourself. That would be my first focus is get help for yourself also get supportive help for yourself supportive therapy for yourself and there are various places where you can go to to get this so the first thought that comes to mind would be Mitchell's Plain at Nicro. Nicro has a program that addresses the difficulties and the challenges that carers or parents or loved ones give to the person who are drugging and it's extremely useful to attend it because it equips you with skills that helps you to cope because often we will be asked the question how do I deal with him what do I do that will help 
and often much confusion is experienced. So one wants to say Nikro is a door to be knocked on. There's also the Cape Town Drug um, Counseling Center. They are in observatory, but I know that they will have satellite offices in different places. But you have to phone the main um, branch, which is in observatory, and they are listed. Their numbers are listed in the book, both Necro and the Cape Town Drug Counseling Centre. A third option is to go to the nearest clinic closest to you. You will have psychiatric nurses, and when you speak with them, you could ask them to refer you to a psychologist and a social worker. These are people trained to help you with your challenges and will guide you alongside when your son gets help. I want to also suggest that perhaps a good suggestion will be that you take your son to also become a part of a program which Necro runs. It's called the Matrix Clinic. It is in Mitchell's plan. And it is known for the successes that the Matrix Clinic has. So it's really a good place to consider to take your child for some counseling. I know that you say that he's been for counseling, but this is a an ongoing process. It, he obviously relapsed, and so he needs further counseling to understand why did he relapse? What would have helped him to relapse? And also to understand what is needed to help him to stay sober or without the drugs. It's not an easy journey and often relapse is a part of the process of recovery. So I know people really, really freak out when there is a relapse and really they, it's hard, it's hard to have to deal with it. You know, it's so devastating. It gutters parents, especially after the child has been for counseling, um, you know, to again be caught is hard. And the other part is to help your son to understand that at this stage, Dacha is still, if you find Dacha, if Dacha is found on him, that it could be seen as a criminal offense and he could be you know, fall then part of the justice system, which really is something that you want to avoid. And I'm wondering whether you, it would be helpful for you to perhaps unpack for him whether he has difficulties at school and to understand why is he using Daha? What does Daha give to him? You know, and often you, you have to ask the question, why did you start? And if you understand that, then why are you continuing is a separate question. Because sometimes children will start just because they were interested or, you know, they wanted to try something new or they wanted to do what their friends did. But there wasn't really a real kind of reason or an emotional reason or something. It's very often just curiosity. And then the reason they continue will be a very important focus of understanding 
what is it that the dacha is now giving to him that that needs to be remedied? You want to take the dacha away? You want to put something else there that gives him what the dacha is giving to him at this time? And really, I hope that I've been helpful in my response to you. Um, we continue with our program at this stage. I don't think we'll be taking the ads at this stage. We'll probably take the ads closer to the break of Maghrib. So just to also find out if he's, you know, you say that he's been suspended for six days. So by now, I would imagine he's going to go back to school. My concern is that this is exam time and it is a very, very bad time for a child to be suspended. One wonders if you're able to go back to the school and ask them, will they consider to let your child go to school, even if you have to accompany the child to go and write his exams? Because if he doesn't and he fails these exams, he's going to have to repeat the year. And that is a great concern. If this child is doing well academically, you wouldn't want him to repeat the year because he's been suspended for the six days. I, You know, of the focus that you see, the importance of this time of the counseling would be trying to get this child to understand that he is throwing away his future if he continues because to do this because if they've suspended him now they're probably building up a case in order to say to him he can never get go back to school or what the schools do is they will say to you you cannot come back to this school so your mom has to find you another school now schools have to do the exit school has to do a transfer to the new school and sometimes those exit schools will be absolutely clear why they suspended the child and why they don't want the child back at their school which means new schools will refuse to take him and so you might be sitting with a very difficult dilemma which i think needs to be sorted out now if you can get a counselor to speak with your son to make help him to understand the enormity of the fact that he's been suspended at this stage and really to help him to go back to help him to commit to being good and staying clean and not going near Dacha so that he can write his exams often these young children have certain beliefs about the Dacha you have to, the more we know about the child and what the child's thoughts and opinion are, the better you can help the child. So sometimes these children will say, it's fine. Sometimes children will say, it helps me to relax. Other times children will say, it helps me to study even better. You have to have help, a professional to help this child to break down what the child believes because you know this that I had mentioned is actually not true you know so it's there there is research that proves to you that it's harmful to them also children are have developing brains still these brains are are still to develop until 21 years of age. So if they are using substances, it's going to impact the growth of even their brain. So for now, it's time for us to cross to the break of the early evening Maghrib prayer. We will do that when we come back. We will have Amin Muhammad in the studio and we will continue with our discussion. Stay with us. 
Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Good evening, Khuyanand, Mulwani, and a hearty welcome to the Shahida Kali show. And of course, if you have just tuned in, I need to reintroduce my guest is Amin Muhammad, an extraordinary person who has had many life experiences and that has brought him to where he is today that we will regard as extraordinary because it certainly is. Today, he shares his experiences with us through our discussions, which focuses on drugs. So let me first greet Amin and welcome you to the program. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the program. Wa alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I've, you know, we, I've just attended to a, an SMS that I'd received and I'd like for you to perhaps share your thoughts on that. And that was a mom who had said that her child had been caught on several occasions for having dacha on him and probably smoking the dacha. He's been for counseling. We spoke about that mm. last week when mm. there's, you know, counseling and so on. And, and even if a person reaches rock bottom, mm. but sometimes it can go either of two ways. Mm. So they could continue with the difficulty of the drugging behavior. Mm. And this child has been suspended for six days from school, which is a huge worry. Mm. And we will attend to that as well. I'd like, I, they don't say, I'm assuming mm. that this is a high school child. Okay. I'm assuming. But, um, you know, perhaps to just share your thoughts on what would be useful? I've I've spoken about that the mommy must go for um, a counselling program for mm. herself in terms of educating how to handle this child, mm. and separately to have the child back into a program as well. We spoke about the different institutions that she could um, reach and get this through, and um, but I just thought perhaps your thoughts on it as well would be great. All praises due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Lord of the worlds, and we thank Him, our Rabb, for having blessed us, you know, all humanity, with a Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as a mercy unto mankind. Without mercy, we are nothing. Yeah, that is So true. that is the starting premise from which I would like to, you know, uh, tackle that particular problem. Okay. We must never forget that, you know, the institution of recovery or the institution of forgiveness rests purely with Allah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have got to become very, very mindful of that. When we say that we forgive people, it's a first building block for anybody to start stepping on a stone that is righteous. Now, what I'm assuming, and you know, they say that to assume something could be a very big mistake, but that's why I posed the question to you, Shahida. How old is this child? And we said that this child is a, uh, is a um, high, high school, school student, student. Yes. You know, when a child enters high school, even when a child is in matric, as a parent, I would still say, Definitely formative years of the child. We all make mistakes. And the thing that is that we need to always say to ourselves is punishment must never become punitive. 
which means punitive is it mustn't break that spirit of that particular child. We mustn't hit that child. We mustn't become so aggressive with that child that we now kick that child out of school. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yes. If we are saying that, and this is my own personal thing, we must, as, a, as an educator, I will take a lot of things into recognizance. First and foremost, we are not weeks, but we are days away from that child writing that particular Absolutely. exam. Absolutely, my And thoughts. if we want to become real idiots, then we need to break that child's back. No, I, it's really so, my thoughts so, immediately, so, it's exam so time. So basically, what I'm saying here is, uh, Shahida, is that, yes, we must become stern. Yes, we've got to become strict. But as strict and as stern as we become to our learners and to our loved ones and to our sons and to our daughters, we must always keep a jar afloat or open where we say, now come on, you can do this better. And when we engage with that child to say, you can now smell that the perfume I just sprayed upon you wasn't so quiet, you, don't, you smell a bit bad. But okay, man, can we perhaps come to an agreement that we are going to do things a bit better? And I think restoration of that child's, you know, dignity is important. And I, I so agree with you. And this is, I actually said earlier on that the mom must go back to the school. Yes. And even if she is going to ask, this is what I suggested, even if she says, I will come with my child and sit one side while this child writes the exam. Yes. But, but to let a child possibly lose a year yes. because of this is, is hard. A- it's really hard. Year, yes. A- apart from the year, yeah. what we need to understand is, why are children, you know, reacting in a certain way? It's because parents are so punitive with them. Are you with me? They can't go out. They can't enjoy their formative years as children, right? They're always being treated. I would say they're 19 and they're 18. They would also want to have this adult conversation, you know, and be like, uh, sorry, get out of the room. These are all adults talking here. So what do they do? They still feel like children. And then what happens? That child remains a child. Even if the child becomes 35 years of age, the child still becomes... A, that, that person, that adult, still is a child because he thinks like a child because mommy made me a child and suddenly mommy asks the question, but uh, Yusuf, he's supposed to be 34, man. How can he do that? And suddenly they don't understand where that question comes from. Mm-hmm. I've mentioned this before. Children are created to fail to listen to their parents, but they don't ever fail to imitate them. So if we as parents are going to act like parents that are not acting out an adult thing or an adult theme, then the children will remain where they are. That is my way of thinking. Mm-hmm. The other thing I would just like to tell that parent and the educators that want to kick that particular child out of the school, under no circumstances am I coming here with a wand of saying, so okay, it's okay, it's cool for you to be naughty and do the wrong thing. I'm not saying that, I'm not condoning what that child did was wrong, mm-hmm. right? But we as adults 
must always understand one thing. Some of us, like myself for instance, went on drugs not because of recreation. It starts maybe off as a recreation, but some of us did it because of emotional pain. Well, this is one of the things that I've mentioned is to understand why the child started. And that could have been I was just trying to um, explore and but why the child continued yes. is a separate, separate matter, matter that will give you a lot of value yes. in terms of yes. if you take the drug away mm-hmm. you need to understand what did the drug fill mm-hmm. and can we give something to fill exactly. that void yes i think i think what we need to discuss you know in depth shahida is that you know um that child who's now 16 or 17 years old He's still busy, you know, uh, maybe he smoked last night and they got caught. So now suddenly, right, he's anesthetized. Let us understand the fact that child is anesthetized. Now suddenly the question comes up. Um, what happened? Where are you? I would say, don't you know it is wrong? I think parents need to have a proper time, a place, and, you know, of approach to this person who has offended himself. I think we need to not act like the addict acts. I want to have results now. The addict says, I want to have my pain away now. I need my fix now. The parent is saying, I need him to be fixed now. Exactly, but in different terms. But I want to come on to, a, uh, you know, on to another question. Mm-hmm. Or I want to rather pose another question. Mm-hmm. You know, people that overeat, for instance, have also got an addiction. Yes. Right? So an addict is not necessarily some person that just takes chemicals like I did. Addiction, you could have a fetish for food. You could have a fetish for scarves. You could have a fetish for sex even, for that matter. But the important thing is that we need to keep an avenue of dialogue open. Mm-hmm. And we need to not stereotype, you know, that addiction. Vijivat is an addict. What about you that's an addict that wants to just shop at Kanala uh, Walk or wherever, whatever walk there is, right? There are different types of addiction. But our response towards that particular type of addiction is totally different. But guess what? The underlying common factor of addiction is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. How do we treat that addiction to different types of addiction? You know, I'm still, I still marvel at that type of thing. And, yeah. and perhaps to speak a little bit about the differences that you had observed. You know, so, so basically, you know, I, you know, I, I come from a, 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 a drug recovery right for years and it's been very well documented like i said last week you know uh, on voice of the cape but the important thing that i'm about right now in my particular life is i am not going to allow myself to become stationary or stagnant i'm a dynamic person i'm not saying this because i want to get a chappy on my shoulders or anything like that but i would rather want to express the idea that if you are going to go into this whirlwind of saying, 
Vijay, ik was een tragedik. Vijay, ik was op heroin. Vijay, ik was een gemors. I'm saying, really, for that person to think that way, you must be totally remorseful for what you have done in your past. But there is a way out. And that way out is for you to start becoming dynamic and saying to yourself, this is it. This is where I draw my line. That was me in the past, but now I'm moving ahead. Mm-hmm. And like my wife and my children forgave me, right, and made me the person through the kudrat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made me become an, a, a functional person in society. We must allow other people the same type of dignity of restoration. Mm-hmm. Right. We cannot go and become so punitive where we take a child and bend his back and break him and make him paralytic. You know, and that is that is my thing. Mm-hmm. When we talk about, uh, you know, I, I've seen certain parents, hey, give this thing up, man. Wat roept je nog zo dag en zo aan? But the father is busy smoking a cigarette. And when the question is posed to the father, but okay, why don't you give up cigarettes? But as it is the The other day, you know, I had some person in, in my house, and the person was smoking in this house, in my house. And I said to him, please, man, you know, we don't have a no smoking sign on our house, but please, it's not allowed in our house. What do you think? The plausible answer was, or the rationalization, or the how this person's rationale worked of his answer. He said to me, "What van die buste en die kare wat amal ruk afgee buiten kan? Hoe kom complain jy nie vir hulle nie? So he's trying to say to himself, I can now validate what you have just said. And, and so, they go into the state of total denial and I've given denial an acronym that stands for don't even know I am lying. Can I put it more candidly to you? Don't even know I'm talking a lot of rubbish. Mm-hmm. You know, really. Denial is talking absolute rubbish or trying to say to yourself, <coughs> you know, the other thing is with people smoking dachau, for instance, listen, it's not a drug, it's a yeah. herb. I, I, I refer to that as well. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that, that and especially, I mean, I've, I've seen quite a few young people who are at high school particularly, and they will say it helps me to study, it helps me to uh, concentrate. It, makes me it helps me. Yeah, it, it helps me, me to pass. pass. Yeah, and and really, research has shown, no. and I and I said this that it is not true. No. That really, that is not true. Believing that fact, is not true. It is not true. And guess what? Guess what? That is actually the first step. You know, to take other kinds of drugs. Drugs. It's like How a gateway think? drug. And, uh, it's a gateway drug. It's, it's yeah. you've just opened yourself to yeah. the gateway of, of other drugs. drugs. You know, where you're going to come out and guess how, how you're going to come out? With a thick chain. You're going to start being that guy that shows with your hands. You can start yeah. talking. You can have a certain yeah. culture vulture. You're going to become a culture vulture, mm-hmm. right? Instead of being that smart Amin Muhammad, you're going to become the guy that's starting to Sabela. Yes. And you're going to start going to a cult, mm-hmm. you know, where you're going to start saying to yourself, and I was exactly that same way, you know, where I thought to myself, but why are the cops raiding us? We are not interfering with anybody. We are just smoking liquor and we're just chilling out, you know. And really, I don't think that, I think they are jealous about us, mm-hmm. you know, that type of thing. But we've moved on 
and we've now seen the light. And that is what it must become. I, I, and, and I think what this mommy was very desperately asking mm. was, how do I help my child to see the light? Because she, she speaks about multiple times that the child has been caught smoking and at this stage now has been you know expelled from or you know not to attend school for six days and it is it's such a challenge when a parent is really trying in their way to speak and handle it in the best of way and there seem to be a block with the child. I, I mean, I think for me immediately as I'm even explaining it, it would say to me, go to someone who is trained professionally to deal with this child because at some stage a parent needs to understand I've come to kind of the ceiling level of what I can do. Perhaps this child needs professional help. Shahida, you know what? I'm listening to what you are saying mm. and a thought just crossed my mind. Okay. You are a registered clinical psychologist and people come to you mm -hmm. and suddenly they feel they can speak to you. Mm. They don't have any trust issues with you because they trust you. Yeah. Are you with me? Mm -hmm. You are the go-to person. And I want, I'm expressing a lot of love here. Mm -hmm. You treat them with love. You maybe rub their heads. You even offer them maybe a tissue when tears come out of the eyes. Yeah. That is the type of, uh, you know, when you engage with him as a client type yes. of thing, then that's the way that you would engage with. That's the way I think that you would engage. Mm -hmm. Now, let us pose the question this way. You are foreign to them, but they are, they entrust you. They, you know, and, so, and they love there, and they feel that they can discuss and they can empty and pour out their hearts with you. Why is this happening that they cannot open their hearts with their mothers and with their fathers? This is the question that I'm posing and I'm going to answer it likewise. Mm -hmm. It's because, you know, there's this news, this invisible news around our children's necks that is saying, I can't talk to you. Mm -hmm. I can't discuss things with you. Never mind how tough it is, of course, for a child, what we as parents and educators have got to do very, very quickly if we want to turn around our society. We've got to talk children, talk with children. Mm -hmm. We've got to bend our knees and we've got to talk at their particular yeah. level and see the world from their eye. You understand? You know, if I can perhaps just say something. Do you know, Shahida, my daughters thought that while kissing was haram was because once you kiss, you pass over the egg to, from the man to the female. And so, and therefore, they mustn't kiss any guy. Although it was a good concept to prevent children from engaging at that particular level, right? It's quite good, yes, and it's laughable at this moment in time and so on. But we, when, as the children become bigger, we now need to talk to them as adults. Mm -hmm. But we still talk to them as children. And the important thing is we've got to engage with children in a fashion that's going to make them take and make choices 
that's going to propel them forward. Do you understand? Mm. So when we do that with children, right, we're going to get a new society of children. Because if they make a, if they make a choice and that choice is wrong, right, because here are three, three, three C's that we must never forget. And I've explained this on other programs on this Shaila Kali show, where I said the first C stands for mummies and daddies, please take note. The first C stands for you are not the cause of their problem. The second C stands for you do not have the cure for their problem. Right? Okay? And, and I forgot it's the cause and the cure and yeah, I forgot now what the other C was all mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. But there are three C's that you've got to understand, understand, you know, that that you are definitely not the cause of the problem. Mm-hmm. Or that you aren't the propellant that is propelling this child to go on drugs. Right? It's simple. It's, it, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to understand this type of thing. We must become engaging parents. We must become parents that allow our children to be heard, to be to to say their thing and also to be heard you know and we must be you know we must be forthright and open with them in our discussion and having said that and i think at length you have discussed and and described the relationship between um a a parent and a child and i'm just looking at the time and i'm actually quite horrified that the time has gone by so quickly we need to take commercial news that we would have had at um at 1950 in fact when we come back we are have two minutes to go in this program i'd like to be able to take it over till about five past eight because what i'd like you to focus on also is when there is a a husband and a wife and a husband is you know constantly relapsing and and presenting with your typical addict behavior of manipulation and uh, lies and telling stories and you know playing the field so that they get allowed and they and they externalize blame all the time so ultimately it is always the wife who is to be blamed etc just your thoughts to share in terms of what is a good thought to tell the husband and what is a good thought to tell the wife so stay with us don't go away If you've just tuned in, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and good evening. I'm Shahida Kali and I continue to speak with Amin Muhammad, whom we will refer to as an extraordinary person for reasons that will unfold as we, you know, continue in our discussion. It is 2002 in terms of time and we're going to have Amin speaking about the questions I've asked just before the break until about oh, uh, 20, oh, 
perhaps 2010. <laughs> 2010 sounds like the World Cup. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's go to, you spoke about the cause, cure and control is the other C that we had, you know, that you had remembered. But I asked the question, if there is a wife who is in a position where the husband continues to manipulate, but he is so much trapped into the denial mm. of addiction that he continues to blame her mm. and he continues to feel that he is actually the victim. Mm. What does one say to this husband to get him to see things perhaps a little bit differently as a start? And what does one say to this wife who has been mm. having patience mm. in, in wanting to walk alongside her husband, but it becomes very difficult when you look at mm. the presence of codependency as yes. well? Okay, Shahida, I just want to make a very, very, very big distinction. Mm -hmm. Earlier on in my program, we were talking about children. Yes. And so children we handle differently than we would handle um, adults. adults. Here we are talking about a father of at least two to three children. He's about 35 and he's on drugs and he's obviously misusing and misappropriating himself mm -hmm. and mispositioning himself in the family uh, scenario for um for his own gain of his of for whatever fix he's on and so with an an adult you've got to handle the adult very very differently okay i'm talking about the recipient or the person that is busy the addict person mm -hmm. the addict person can be the male or the female but mm -hmm. now just let us generalize and say that the husband is the is person, the addict is the addict and he and she is the the codependent mm. okay now, for that particular case, right, it's important that the person that is the codependent or the wife really starts getting herself educated as to how to handle the scenario with her husband, right? And because she's got this pain of, he comes to me every time, I'm going to give you back the 200 rands tomorrow, no? And they can... can and then he gives back only a 50 rand, but I didn't give you the money back and can't remember and that type of thing and so on. When this type of thing happens for too long a period of time, the person, not the person that is now the, the, the addict, but the person that is the victim, the actual yes. victim, the wife, yeah. has got to make an informed decision okay. where she gets involved with an NA group or she goes to Cape Town Drug Counseling Center, or she latches on to a woman's group, or to a person, or to a group of people in a similar type of position, where they can support her and tell her, listen here, we are women of the same group, of the same type of problem, and this is actually things that we do. Are you with me? Mm -hmm. Whatever they do, and whatever will be different for each and every household, right? But the application of tough love is paramount whether you're a child or an adult. Are you with me? It is of paramount importance. Mm -hmm. But here is the thing. If the husband is now he is now the addict and the mother is now the like we've said now, she's now the person and there's children also now, then the children have got to support 
the mother in terms of saying, fine, we are now on one side and dad is on the other side. There must never be a case where even not one sibling is allowed to say, but mommy, I think you are wrong, daddy is right. Because as long as that type of thing continues, you're going to have a dysfunctional family. Right. And so, you know, that's basically what a person can do. You know, you know, a person that is on drugs, you know, it, it changes the scenario, changes from every person to every person. But can I just say what happened to me? Sure. What happened to me was my sisters ganged up against me, threw me out of the house, and I, I walked the streets of Cape Town, slept in pipes, slept at the Haven Night Shelter, and I could never, ever go back until 2007. Even after I was one and a half years clean, right, I couldn't even get back home. And even after that, when yeah, I even told him, listen, but I am clean. You must understand one thing, that I was so bad. Yeah. I was untrustworthy. I don't have people's trust. I don't have anything like that. I don't have self-worth. I don't have my own dignity, Right. So, because I've harmed them so much, I've let them down so many times. Yes. And so, for one and a half years, it's too short a time for 30 years of being on drugs. Mm-hmm. Are you with me? Yeah. So, if, you, if they're accepting you in one and a half years, say, shukar. Always be thankful. Always be grateful. And the other thing that I heard you speaking about is the thing about relapse, Shahida. Mm-hmm. Relapse is also a key to a door of, you know, um, of getting it right. Okay. So my thoughts were, can we understand and unpack that relapse? Because yes. the more we understand it, mm-hmm. the more we're able to remedy it, yes. and the more we're able to prevent it from happening yes, again. Yes, of course. You know, you know, Shaila, I've relapsed about 20 times before I finally got it right. Mm-hmm. You must understand that... An addict is a person that will say, and, and you know, we, are, we, are, we get, you know, we are like, what do they call the statue that we normally carry for film is good? An Oscar. Yeah. We must get Oscars for the, you know, for, for the things that we can say. Mm-hmm. All right. How we can become manipulative, how we can con people. Yeah. And so the thing here is that, you know, we will come up with the best of stories. I, for one, I used to go to my sisters and say, listen here, it's cold, blah, blah, blah. I can't take it anymore. They take me to Tuflach. I stay there for six weeks. Come out. I'm a good boy now. But whilst I'm in Tuflach, not even by the fifth day, I'm already, I'm already deciding. Listen, I think, I'm, do you know what? I'm actually not an addict. This is not for me. This is something else. And the moment that takes place, you've relapsed already. Mm-hmm. You, you're on that journey of relapse. And then you're just going to stay clean because you're now counting the days and you want to show everybody that, listen, I'm clean and stuff like that. But you have basically relapsed. You're starting to bake your cake and so on. The time that you're going to put on your cherry, that is it. Okay? So basically, you know, that was the one time. The other time was... When I said to myself, no, wait, no, um, you know, I can't do it anymore. This was the last time. But guess what happened the last time? 
the last time I had some person, Sheikh um, Tariq Appleby, he came to our, you know, to one of the, I attended one of the classes while I was busy recovering. And he said to me, by Allah, I say to you people that's listening to me, to me today, he whoever studies a 40 a hadith of a beloved Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allah Ta'ala will give them, you know, bounties not seen by anybody. And I took that very, very seriously. I then went in to study the 40 ahadith of a beloved Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And when I did that, ma'am, Shahida, everything else for me changed. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Everything else for me changed for the better. And from that particular day, whether it was that man that I met at the garage and it was documented that told me about giving me a hundred rands and all of that type of thing. But I would say to, to myself that it was only with the kudrat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that when I took that one step seriously towards Allah and I said to myself, let me just say, let me just drop my ego. Let me just drop my arrogance and say, let me listen to what the next person is saying. And that is key, Shahida, to understanding. You know, I, I, I'm an educator at Darul Islam. And I talk to them and I tell them, why are you people making a noise? Why are you making a noise? And they carry on, they carry on, they carry on doing the same type of thing. They go to the office for the same type of thing. But here's the thing. You know, there's an old Chinese proverb that says, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Mm -hmm. I want to take a different step towards that. It's when we are ready for Allah that Allah makes his appearance to us. And I, I think it's on that note that we have to conclude our program. And because I think it's such an enormously valuable note, you know, that you leave for us to think about um, how we have to prepare ourselves in readiness to allow that Allah becomes, because Allah is there, we have to make ourselves available. And immediately I, I you know, it brings the thoughts to mind in terms of labbaik, Allahumma labbaik. I also think what was critical you spoke about the arrogance and the humility that would be needed for us to engage in mm. processes that takes us to well-being. Yes. So for the contribution to tonight's program, I need to say shukran very much. And inshallah, we are hoping that we will speak with you again and it will highly likely be after Maghrib again in next week. So you must take care and go well. I want to confirm there's, you know, been a request for your cell phone number and that is 0783909011. All right. So I'm just, um, I'll reiterate that a little bit later on in the program. Shukran and assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.